The meaning of life is to discover your gift and the purpose of your life is to give that gift away. May, may we consider that carefully. Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. The scripture lesson this morning can be found in the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter, beginning with verse 35 and continuing through verse 45. Hear the word of God read in your presence this day. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, as we follow in the steps of our Lord, may we indeed embody a life of service. In His name we pray, Amen. It is interesting to me how we assign the word great to a number of things. It is interesting to me how some people have been assigned the name great. There was Alexander the Great who died at 32 and wept because he had conquered all of the known world. He died an alcoholic and he died as a result of a mosquito bite which led to malaria. I wonder if in the eyes of this passage Jesus would consider Alexander to be great. Uh, Certainly... Uh, we understand why he was assigned the name, but is that truly the definition of great? Ramses was called Ramses the Great. Ramses was a pharaoh in Egypt who enslaved the Israelites. And as we study his life now, his behavior seems to be much aligned with someone who is a sociopath. So is Ramses great? I think we would all agree no. And yet we assign the word great to certain characteristics, to certain qualities, to certain 
people. When I was a child, Muhammad Ali always said he was the greatest, and he would say that without uh, any blushing whatsoever. He would stand before the microphone in front of the uh, writers and say, I am uh, the greatest. I found it fascinating that someone would stand up and, and say that. And maybe he was. Maybe in the world of boxing, he was the greatest. Maybe he is the greatest boxer who ever lived. But would we really say that Muhammad Ali was great in the definition that we use based upon the words of Christ here today? I, I don't know. Alexander the Great, Ramses the Great, Muhammad Ali with... I am the greatest. I love the story in the heyday of Ali. He, was, he had a large personality, as many of you know. He thought highly of himself, but some of it was for show. Uh, it made him a lot of money to be the way he was. He brought a lot of attention to himself and to the sport of boxing. I remember the story of him boarding an airplane and refusing to buckle his seatbelt. He was delaying the plane's takeoff because he simply refused to buckle his seatbelt. And finally, the flight attendant said, Mr. Ali, you, you have to buckle your seatbelt or we cannot take off. And Ali looked at her and he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she looked at him and said, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> All of us are humbled in certain ways. I drove through this morning to uh, get a cup of coffee and there was a sign just above the speaker there that said, please be patient with us. The entire nation is short-staffed and we would be grateful for your patience. It's an interesting sign to put out, isn't it? It gives me the impression, maybe I'm jumping to the wrong conclusions, that somebody's not been patient that somebody has come to the drive through window and they've been upset by the slowness of someone procuring their order, someone getting them their cup of coffee. And so when I got to the window, I asked the fellow, I said, I see your sign back here. I said, have you had any incidents? And he said, yeah. He said, somebody cursed me out the other day because I didn't have change for a $100 bill. And some people, when I ask them, you know, do you have the app? They say, what's an app? And uh, no, I don't have the app. I don't need the app. And so it gets ugly about the app. And then I asked him, I said, do you ever have the one that says, do you know who I am? You ever had that waiting on people? Do you know who I am? I had that one night at the Holiday Inn where I was a desk clerk place was covered up. We filled up every night during the summer, and I mean the crowd was filling the lobby, so it took a while to get to everyone. And at one point uh, in that 30-minute period, someone frustrated from a long day of driving and wanting the room that they had reserved yelled out from among the crowd, Hey, buddy, uh, can you not speed it up a little bit? It's a lot like what it means to work here, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you think that every Sunday, don't you? Hey, buddy, can you not speed it up a little bit? And I said, yes, sir. I'll get with you as soon as I possibly can. And he said, well, buddy, that may not be good enough. 
Do you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I continued to wait on people. But I remember when I got off that night and I was driving home. Do you ever, you know, come up with something you would love to have said? That, you know, you, you knew you couldn't say as an employee and you knew you didn't come to you in that moment anyway. But I remember thinking, ladies and gentlemen, this man does not know who he is. Does somebody know him who could come and get him and help him to be patient? While we get his room, I, I thought about that later, but I never did uh, say that. Do you know who I am? I guess there is a sense of someone having a bit of an inflated attitude about who they are when they're willing to say, do you know uh, who I am? And Dr. King said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. And then he went on to add, you don't need a college degree to serve. You don't need for your subject and verb to agree to be able to serve. All you need is a heart of grace and a soul of love. Jesus once again defined servant in a way that would not be in keeping with how the world we're living in, the culture that we are a part of, would say it. I came to serve, not to be served, and to give my life uh, for you. If you would be great, you must be a servant. And the word that he uses there is doulos, which I'm not trying to get too heady this morning, but the literal definition is slave. And so to be great in the kingdom of God is to be someone who has the capacity to serve others. But sometimes we miss it. James and John missed it. They were called the sons of thunder. That sounds like a rock band, doesn't it? The sons of thunder. Or maybe a tag team wrestling group in WWE. They wanted a position of prominence in the cabinet of the Messiah, but that was not Jesus to give them. This Thursday, we'll celebrate a day which I, I think is an important day in the life of our nation. I'm glad that we have a Thanksgiving day, a day when we pause to consider how much we have to be thankful for. It's easy to miss it. James and John missed it. In a land of plenty, there are occasions where we might not be as mindful of, of our blessings, of all that, that we enjoy. I have never gone to bed at night wondering what I would eat the next day. I have never gone to bed at night without a shelter over my head unless I was camping by my own choice and sleeping beneath the stars on a beautiful night. Shelter and food and health care have always been available to me. And if I'm not careful, 
I can begin to think that's commonplace and not receive that with a kind of joyful residence. But I have found in my life that the people who are the most grateful are the people who are the most generous and are the people who are willing to serve. Gratitude puts us in a humble place because we're acknowledging in gratitude that we are not the creator of all that we are and all that we have. When we say thank you to each other, we're suggesting to that other person that in some sense we're in a subservient position because they have enabled us or allowed us or just simply blessed us with something that we did not bless ourselves with. And so grateful people tend to be humble people who tend to be servants. Grateful people are servant people. And we realize that. You and I at our highest moments of gratitude are keenly aware of God's goodness and God's blessings. And that is a humbling experience. We're not boasting about who we are and what we've generated. We're giving thanks for what we have been given and what we are experiencing. Osceola McCarty, I remember her story from years ago. She spent her adult life ironing clothes in other people's homes. Obviously, she did not make a lot of money. She never owned a home. She never owned a car. She walked to the homes in her small community and she ironed clothes in those homes. And when she died, she had a will which stunned everyone. How did Osceola McCarty have a will? She didn't own anything. But in her will, she bequeathed to the University of Southern Mississippi $150,000 she had saved from ironing clothes so that young people could be educated and given an opportunity that she never had. It's astonishing that people can be grateful in the midst of conditions and circumstances that simply are not the best. But as I read that article about her, and as there was testimony about who she was by the people who had known her for her entire life, one note of her life was played over and over and over again, and it was that Osceola McCarty was perhaps the most grateful person I have ever known. And grateful people are servant people. Henry Nowen was teaching at Harvard, and then he moved to Yale where he taught, and then he left the ivory towers of the Ivy League, and he went to Peru and Bolivia to live among the poor. He wrote a book of his experience there, and the title of the book was Gracias. And he had this line in the book that I have never forgotten. He writes, in Peru and Bolivia, everything is maybe. Everything is maybe for the poor. Tomorrow, maybe there will be something to eat. Tomorrow, maybe there will be shelter. 
tomorrow, maybe I don't get sick because if I do, my life is deeply threatened. And he said you live in this culture of maybe where there's nothing but uncertainty all around you about the basic needs of life, food for the day, shelter for the night, health care for those times when I get sick. And he said, what was so astonishing about the experience is that nothing was taken for granted. Nothing was commonplace. Everything was received with great joy and thanksgiving. And any time a Peruvian or a Bolivian experienced a meal that next day or experienced shelter that night or got sick and was given medicine, there was always one word that followed every one of those moments and the word was gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Thanksgiving Day is, is a good day in the life of our country. Because there's at least one day each year when we stop and we sit around that table and we look at that feast. And we're mindful not only of the abundance of that feast, but the struggles of others in this world. And we're moved in our time of great gratitude to serve, to reach out beyond ourselves and our families. We're mindful of those who wonder where the next meal will come from, who wonder if they'll be sleeping beneath the bridge that night. We wonder about those folks who live in great danger and vulnerability. Grateful people are always a servant people. But gratitude and service must be practiced. It is a very practical kind of thing. No one becomes good at anything without practicing. And so you and I must practice service. It must not simply be a wonderful idea. It must not simply be a membership vow that we take when we come and stand here and when we repeat to those who have joined the renewal of our own vows that we will practice praying and we will practice worshiping and we will practice giving and we will practice serving. To be a disciple is to develop those practices and those practices don't develop out of thin air. Those practices have to be practiced in order to become something that we don't even have to think about. It has just become a part of who we are. Mozart composed his best music after 20 years. Bobby Fischer did not become a chess master until he'd worked on his craft for 10 years. And so we must practice service. When I was a kid, the Beatles came on the scene and they were, they were big. It was a big deal. None of you probably remember Ed Sullivan's show, but, but they were on Ed Sullivan's show and Ed Sullivan was on Sunday nights. And when the Beatles came on Ed Sullivan, the world stopped. And everybody wanted to see this crowd. And they were a high school band in Liverpool in 1960. 
John Lennon says, in those days, we played one hour a day, and we played our same songs over and over and over again. We didn't expand our repertoire. We didn't aspire to anything more than that. But we went to Hamburg, Germany, where the club scene was quite different. And when we reached Germany, the expectation was that we would play eight hours a day, seven days a week. And he said, it's amazing how good you become when you do that. We had already played together in shows 1,200 times when we came back to England in 64. And we were different. And we were really, really good at our craft. We, we become servants not simply by an attitude of humility and gratitude. We become servants because we practice. We practice at it. We look for ways to serve. We pray. We worship. We give. We practice things that enable us to become the person that God is calling us to become. That may not sound glamorous. It might be better. It might be more significant to us if God just reached out and touched us and suddenly we came fully developed in our serving life. But it doesn't work that way. We work at it. We practice being servants. And we realize that the meaning of life is to discover our gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. That is why we are here. We all know in the depths of who we are that we are grateful for all that we experience, for all that comes into our lives, and we work hard for that. But that, that is not the end of the story. We are mindful, and our hearts are filled with gratitude because of what God has done. And so life is lived in response to that. The one who came to serve, not to be served, is our Savior and is our Lord. And so we spend our lives not trying to be served, but to serve. And if we practice that day after day after day, that becomes a part of who we are. That's how the Osceola McCarty saved $150,000 from ironing clothes. Because her mind and her heart were not completely stayed on herself. But she recognized and she heard the call of Christ to serve, not simply be served. The meaning of life is to discover your gift and the purpose of your life is to give that gift away. May, may we consider that carefully this Thanksgiving. I commit to do that with you. I do not stand here as one who has conquered this I stand here as one who aspires to this. And I invite you to join me in that.
In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC.org.